Hello? Daisy? Where are you? Bill Mainwood, Hornet Heaven's head of programs, is struggling to see where he's going as he steps cautiously through the wintry mists of the very lowest reaches of Occupation Road. He's starting to think he's getting lost. Just like our midfield at home to Wolves last week, he mutters to himself. By now, he thinks, he ought to have spotted the yellow high-vis jacket of Hornet Heaven's recently appointed chief steward, Daisy Meriden. He's expecting her to be on duty, ready to welcome new arrivals that materialise in the Watford afterlife down here. Daisy? Hello? He carries on. The further down the slope he goes, the colder and creepier the mist feels. He's anxious about Daisy's safety now. What could have happened to her? Where are you? Eventually, through the murk, Bill catches sight of a vague figure in a yellow top beyond the wire fence that runs down the side of the road. Oh, there you are, young lady, he says to himself. <laughs> what on earth are you doing in the old allotments? But when Bill peers more closely, he realises the yellow top isn't Daisy's high-vis jacket. From behind, it looks more like a football shirt. The figure is also wearing some kind of dark hood. Bill goes right up to the fence, but he can't see the person any more clearly. It isn't to do with the mist's poor visibility, he realises. Whoever it is, is almost transparent. It's a ghost, Bill gasps. There's a ghost in Hornet Heaven. Hornet Heaven A Fresh Pair of Eyes Written by Ollie Wickham Read by Colin Mace Earth Season 2021-22 You're an absolute marvel, Daisy Meriden. Oh, thanks, babes. Daisy Meriden, the new chief steward in Hornet Heaven, doesn't know that Bill Mainwood has seen a ghost on the old allotment site. For the last half hour, she's been busy. First, she was with Roy from IT, in his office in the Troy Deeney atrium, discussing a significant change that she's introducing to improve services to the residents of the Watford afterlife. And now she's back out in the eternal sunshine of Occupation Road, checking up on another change she's already brought in. This is magnificent, Henry Grover is saying to her. As magnificent as... as... Cucho's goal against Villa last month. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, babes. I'm pleased with them. The 2021-22 season is four games old and they're standing across the tarmac from the ancient turnstile, or rather, the ancient turnstiles, plural. Daisy has had six more built into the stadium wall so that people won't have to queue so much. They're so beautifully crafted, Daisy, old thing, the father of the club says. Such a wise move to get Skilly Williams involved. 
far better than letting that cack-handed fool McBain do his usual bodge job. Daisy smiles and nods in agreement. As soon as she had the idea, she asked Skilly, the former goalkeeper with the best hands in Hornet Heaven, to work with Roy from IT, who's an expert in supernatural technology. Now, the extra turnstiles are ready for this afternoon's six-pointer at Norwich, when huge numbers of people will be wanting to go through at the same time. Henry says, You really are showing the last chief steward up. But of all the kind things he's said so far, Daisy thinks to herself, this feels like the faintest praise. It's pretty obvious she's outperforming her predecessor, Lamper, simply by helping people, rather than smacking them in the mush. Henry! <laughs> Henry! Daisy turns as she hears Bill Mainwood calling out. She sees him hurrying up the slope towards them. The look of alarm on his face reminds her of the look you see on every Watford fan's face when the next game is at the Etihad. <laughs> We've got a problem! Daisy wonders what kind of problem this will be. She's been enjoying her new job so far. Of the three S's of stewarding that Bill told her about, She's been concentrating on service. Maybe this will be her first safety and security issue. If so, she tells herself, she'll tackle it in line with Hornet Heaven's new values of respect and empowerment and equality, diversity and inclusion. The values that led to Lamper getting himself sacked. She'll bring the same serious and professional approach that has resulted in the new ancient turnstiles. Bill arrives alongside them. Henry says, Goodness, Bill, old thing, your face is as white as our 1985 away shirt. <laughs> I'm not surprised, Henry. I've just seen a ghost. <laughs> seen a ghost? <laughs> Very good, old sausage. <laughs> Do you see what he did there, Daisy? We're all ghosts up here. <laughs> no. I've seen an actual apparition, Henry. A phantom. A wraith. What? Oh. <coughs> oh, good Lord. Help! Daisy loves Bill and Henry, but their flustering and spluttering isn't going to solve the problem. She steps forward to take responsibility. Bill says, This is definitely a job for Lamper. You what, babes? Daisy is stunned. She can't believe Bill would even think of giving responsibility back to a hooligan who was fired for harassment and assault. She turns to Henry. Surely the father of the club will pour cold water on the idea. Ah, yes, good thinking, Bill, Henry says. Let's get the thug to Ballywell kick the ghost's head in. Daisy feels her jaw actually drop. This has to be sarcasm. She waits for Henry's follow-up. For goodness sake, Bill, what are you thinking? We can't involve that toxic man, baby. But the follow-up doesn't come. Instead, Daisy finds herself watching Bill and Henry hurry off up Occupation Road to try and find Lamper. Daisy decides she's not going to hang around while Bill and Henry aren't thinking straight. She's going to get on with the chief steward's job in the new way, not the old discredited way. She makes her way down Occupation Road to investigate Bill's sighting of what he said was a ghost. Daisy, everything all right? 
It's Skilly Williams, Watford's legendary goalkeeper from between the wars. He tips his huge flat cap. Oh, hiya, babes, she says. What's up with Bill, Daze? I just saw him looking a bit panicked. Daisy says she's on her way to sort things out. She doesn't mention anything about a ghost because she doesn't want to spread alarm. Then she takes the chance to thank Skilly for his work on the turnstiles and asks him how he's getting on with their other project with Roy in IT. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much done, Skilly says. I can show you later. But I'm a bit worried. What you're sorting out might be dangerous. Should I fetch Lampa? Daisy shakes her head. Why do people put brawn before brain, she wonders. Look at it differently for a moment, and this ghost may just need help. And she's not keen on the implication that a female chief steward can't do her job without help from a disgraced 1970s boot boy. No, Tar, she says. I'll see you later. When she gets to the lower reaches of Occupation Road, Daisy can't see any sign of a ghost. She carries on deeper into the swirling fog. It's all a bit scary, but she tries to make light of it. She tells herself that the daylight down here is as weak as... as weak as... as Watford's chances of staying up this season. That doesn't really help. Soon, she sees movement in the distance. It's as slow and hesitant as... as the Watford defence, she tells herself, and that doesn't really help either. When she looks hard, she realises it's on the other side of the fence, on the old allotment site. Down on earth, the allotment site has been dug up and flattened to be turned into a multi-storey car park, a community centre and a couple of hundred homes. But on the Hornet Heaven side of the astral plane, the allotments are still there. There are shrubs and sheds and small plots growing runner beans and carrots. Daisy can now make out a faint figure beyond a small greenhouse. Bill wasn't being daft, she thinks to herself. It really does look like a ghost. She doesn't run away, though. Instead, she adjusts the identity card on the front of her high-vis jacket to make sure it will be clearly visible to whoever or whatever she's about to go and meet. She moves towards the fence and squints. The apparition seems to be wearing a yellow football shirt on top of a dark hoodie. She remembers who Watford are playing today. Norwich. Is the ghost a Norwich fan? This could mean trouble, she thinks, but it might not. It could be innocent. Maybe someone has somehow got caught up in some kind of coming together of the two teams' heavens, she tells herself. She takes a moment to think carefully. Lamper in this situation would go steaming in, fists and boots first. And thanks to Bill and Henry, the goon is now on his way down here. So if she's going to deal with the incident her way, calmly and peacefully with kindness, she needs to get on with it. She starts to climb over the wire fence to see if she can help the ghost. As she pulls herself up, she tries to think about things from the ghost's point of view. What would a heaven for Norwich City fans be called, she wonders. She thinks it might be called Canary Kingdom Come when she hears voices coming from her side of the fence. Daisy, look who I've brought, a ghost buster. I ain't scared of no ghosts. <laughs> who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. It's funny, Daisy thinks, but it's not helping. She gets back down off the fence to sort out how they can contribute something useful. Um, well, I'll leave you two to it. 
Bill says straight away, and heads back up the slope. He doesn't seem too keen on busting ghosts himself, Daisy notes. She's left standing with Lamper. Suddenly, the skinhead doesn't seem so bullish now that he's alone with her. It doesn't look as if he's ready to go steaming into anyone. He looks at her and says, You don't feel right, you, in my eye-vis. Daisy isn't used to this. He isn't threatening or insulting her. Has he changed? Does this mean he might actually turn out to be useful today? Can... can... I wear the eye-vis? He asks. Daisy can think of a number of possible replies. She chooses not to pour salt on his wound. She loops an arm round his so they're shoulder to shoulder as if they're companions out for a walk and leads him over to the fence. Lamper stares bleakly through the wire into the allotments. When Daisy points out the figure beyond the greenhouse, he agrees it looks like a Norwich fan in a hoodie, but that's all he's got to say. He's a lot more subdued than in the past. Days, Lamper says after a while. Now I ain't a steward no more. Am I allowed to be an hooligan again? Is it all right to batter people? He looks and sounds lost, Daisy thinks. So she tells him it's not something he needs to worry about. They are going to go over the fence and have a chat with the Norwich fan. They'll make friends and see how they can help. Lamper looks even more lost. Ah, found you, comes a voice from behind them. It's Henry Grover. I've brought reinforcements. Extra security backup. Daisy sees he's brought along the former fullback from the 1890s and 1900s, Jack Cother. She adores Jack, but he seems to be one of an increasing number of people who assume a girl needs help in handling this situation. That's not to say you can't cope, Jack says. That's better, Daisy thinks. She's glad Jack's sensitive to this. Exactly, Henry says. In fact, now that we have a properly adequate number of ancient turnstiles, I don't mind admitting that those of us who previously thought we were doing a good job running Hornet Heaven have been thoroughly put to shame by a girl. Daisy's heart sinks. She knows Henry means it as praise and means well but the final three words are demeaning. She gets why he can't stop himself. As a Victorian, Henry grew up at a time when society had fixed views about what women could and couldn't do and should and shouldn't do. Basically, he thinks men are better than women. Daisy looks at him and wonders whether he'll ever manage to let go of his prejudices. The fact that he's been in Hornet Heaven since 1949 means that the habitual thinking he needs to change isn't just a lifetime's worth, it's two lifetimes worth. But people can change. Hopefully, the way forward is for Henry to keep seeing evidence that all kinds of people can outperform privileged white men. So, she gets on with her job. She beckons Henry and Jack to the fence and points out the distant figure in the dark hood. Good Lord, Henry says. I know who that is. That's the Grim Reaper. He's come to harvest our souls. Grim Reaper? Lamper says, ain't he the one what goes around tooled up with a massive shiv? So big he has to carry it on his shoulder? Daisy rolls her eyes. She's no expert, but she's pretty sure that in European folklore, the Grim Reaper has never been depicted going about his business in a replica football shirt. She tells the others she's going over the fence and starts climbing. 
Henry, Lamper and Jack Cother don't follow. They do at least wish her good luck. Daisy feels unsettled as she ventures deep into the allotments. She moves slowly past a row of upright bamboo canes that look skeletal, or, she tells herself to lighten the mood, like Ross Jenkins. She steps towards a dilapidated wooden shed. She's on a grassy path that runs between blackcurrant bushes on one side and rows of onions and potatoes on the other. She keeps her eyes on the ramshackle structure ahead. Suddenly, she feels something at her legs. She jumps away and sees the handles of an empty wheelbarrow poking out of the bushes. She catches her breath and tells herself it was a pathetic challenge. Chopper Wellborn would have been embarrassed by it. Now, from behind, Daisy sees the hooded figure in the yellow top beyond the shed. She stands still. She tries to breathe quietly. From closer up, even though the figure's almost transparent, she can see its yellow football shirt has black sleeves. It isn't an orange top. It looks a bit more like Borussia Dortmund or something. And what seemed like a hood from a distance is obviously a headscarf of some kind. And she's sure from the shape of this person that it's a woman. Daisy feels less unsettled now. She calls out a hello in her warmest, friendliest voice, but the woman doesn't seem to hear. Daisy moves past the shed, brushing alongside raspberry bushes. The woman turns. Daisy sees she's wearing a black hijab, wrapped around her head and neck, and has large, sad, dark brown eyes. Her yellow shirt has two badges on it. On the left breast is some kind of bird of prey with its foot on a football. On the right is what looks to Daisy like a Premier League badge, with a lion on it, but not quite the same and there's writing on both badges that Daisy can't read. It's full of swirls and loops. It isn't English. Is it Arabic or something? Daisy says hello again. She raises a palm as a gesture of peace. The woman in the hijab half smiles and nods back. She places her right hand over her heart and starts speaking, but Daisy finds she can't hear anything. The words have no sound. Daisy isn't sure what to do. How are they going to communicate? They'll need sign language or something. But how would you even start to communicate the name of a football team with your hands? Daisy wonders. Because that's what she wants to know first. What team the woman supports. Not as a tribal thing. Not to establish their differences. In an afterlife for football fans, it's an obvious way they'll be able to connect. Daisy points to herself and points back towards Occupation Road. She gestures to the woman to wait. Back on the other side of the fence, Daisy is back with the men who didn't want to go with her. Lamper, Henry and Jack Cother. She reports what she's seen. She's a Muslim, Lamper says. We need to watch out. Why would we need to watch out? Just because of someone's religion, babes. Because, well, because of reasons I ain't allowed to say anymore. That's because those aren't good reasons, Lamper, Henry says. I thought you'd been trying to educate yourself. I I have been trying. I have. Lamper has been on a magical history tour to learn about racism in football. He was taken by Jack, who was Watford's first ever professional footballer from an ethnic minority. 
Jack says, To be fair, it does take people time. Daisy says, Yeah, but it shouldn't take an eternity. Daisy leaves the others by the fence and walks quickly up Occupation Road, past the seven ancient turnstiles, and goes into the Troy Deeney atrium. She's looking for someone who can identify the badge on the ghost woman's shirt, and she's pretty sure who in Hornet Heaven has got that kind of knowledge. Oh, hello, Roy from IT says as she walks past him. Shall we ever catch up on the other project? Daisy says hi, and that they do need to catch up, but she's a bit busy right now. Roy carries on anyway, as men often do in her experience. Our skillies built new shelves, and they're looking beautiful. Everything should be ready for right after the Norwich game. I have to say though, Daisy, and I've said this before, are you sure people in Hornet Heaven are going to want what you're doing? Some people may not like it. Daisy looks at Roy. He's right. There'll be people in Hornet Heaven who are bound to moan about what she's bringing in. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. We're doing it, babes, she says. A few moments later, Daisy finds the person she's looking for in the sensory room. He's here so often, she should have thought to look here first, she tells herself. He's sitting on a beanbag, watching beads of air rise slowly up a bubble tube. Hiya, Daisy says. How are you? I am a lot calmer than when Derek Garston lied to me earlier. Archibald Enfield carries on staring intently at the bubble tube. Daisy listens while the 16-year-old says what he clearly needs to tell her. Today, Watford Football Club are playing Norwich City Football Club. Derek Garson said that we first played Norwich in 1895, but that is a lie. The team we played in 1895 was called Norwich Church of England Young Men's Society. We did not play Norwich City Football Club until 1905. Daisy loves Archibald. She thinks he's brilliant. He seems to know everything. After he's told her that the original Norwich club still exists and plays in the Anglian Combination League, she gently moves the conversation on to what she wants to find out. She describes the first badge she saw on the ghost woman's shirt. That badge belongs to a team called Shaheen Asmay Football Club. The name means the Asmay Falcons. That is why their badge has a falcon on it. Daisy describes the other badge, the one with the lion on it. That is the badge of the Afghan Premier League. Shaheen Asmay Football Club are a team from Kabul in Afghanistan. Daisy thanks Archibald and sits with him for a few moments longer until he's exhausted all he wants to tell her about Afghan football. Then, with exactly the information she's been after, she heads back to the lower reaches of Occupation Road. Daisy arrives back at the wire fence where Henry, Lamper and Jack Cother are waiting. She tells them she's pretty sure she's figured things out. The ghost woman is a Shaheen Asmay fan and must be some kind of refugee. She explains that in the last month or so, she's overheard people mentioning current affairs down on Earth, including new problems in Afghanistan. Apparently, the Americans and the British have pulled out their armed forces, leaving Kabul to the Taliban. But she isn't sure how this has affected the ghost woman, she says. Jack Cother says, Maybe the Taliban have outlawed afterlife paradises for football fans, or maybe they've sent troops into the Shaheen Asmay heaven to persecute the women. Daisy has no way of knowing if either of these are close to the mark, but she wants to help the woman in the hijab who is now in the allotments. 
She tells the other she wants to invite the displaced woman into Hornet Heaven. No, I'm afraid you can't do that. Daisy's surprised to hear Henry say this. He and Bill are supposed to have established new values in Hornet Heaven this season. Doesn't welcoming Muslim women come under equality, diversity and inclusion? And even if it doesn't, providing humanitarian protection for refugees is simply the right thing to do. There's no argument to be had about it. You can't just bring her in, Henry says. But why not, babes? Because she's stuck. She's stuck in some kind of limbo. That's what the allotments are up here. They're a sort of purgatory for dead people who aren't in any heaven. Daisy's relieved Henry isn't against helping refugees, but she doesn't understand how he knows this about the allotments and why he hasn't mentioned it before. Because it only came back to me while we were waiting for you, Daisy old thing. I remembered how one day in 1974, I think it was, we saw Neil McBain hanging around in the allotments. We recognised him from his two spells as Watford manager, but in between he'd also managed them from up the road when he was at his most crapulent. As a result, when he died, he wasn't in one heaven or the other. Daisy knows Neil McBain is in Hornet Heaven now, so she figures it must be possible to get someone out of limbo. She asks Emery how it worked with McBain. I don't really know. If memory serves, I went into the allotments myself and, well, I've never known quite what I did, but it worked. I must have performed some kind of magic that allowed him to cross the, uh, the astral plane or whatever you call it. It rather baffled me at the time. I honestly wouldn't know what to do again. Daisy presses Henry to try and remember more from 1974. Well, I do recall that other people had been into the allotments to give McBain stick for managing those Bedfordshire douchebags. Quite justifiably, of course. I suppose I was a little kinder. Daisy latches onto this. What she's heard Henry say is that the most significant person in Hornet Heaven, the father of the club, showed kindness. Maybe this is all that's required. She crouches by the fence and says... Here you go, babes. Here's a leg up. You're going over the top. The football fan from Afghanistan is near one of the greenhouses, standing by rows of French beans and purple sprouting broccoli. You're being very trusting, Henry says to Daisy. What if... I mean, are you completely sure about this? Daisy isn't sure. She can't be sure, but she can be kind. She takes Henry up close to the semi-transparent refugee. Henry half smiles, but Daisy can tell he's terrified. She hopes his instincts are wrong and hers are right. Daisy nudges him. He holds out a hand towards the refugee who looks at Daisy uncertainly. Daisy nods in encouragement. Cautiously, the woman places her ghostly hand in Henry's. Henry clasps it with the other hand and says softly, Hello, my name's Henry Grover. I founded Watford Rovers in 1881, and people call me the father of the club. Our afterlife, Hornet Heaven, has always been a place of safety and friendship. We offer you our home as your home. Henry falls silent. 
from the other side of the astral plane, in limbo, the woman obviously hasn't heard what Henry said. Daisy begins to wonder how this is meant to work. But then she notices the woman's yellow shirt and hijab start becoming less transparent. Her dark brown eyes are brightening. Now her hand in Henry's is fully there. Daisy smiles. Hiya, she says. She points to herself and says, My name's Daisy, babes. The woman smiles back and says her name, Shabnam. Daisy spreads her arms wide. It's a gesture of openness and vulnerability. Now is the moment she'll find out whether being kind and trusting has been a mistake. Shabnan moves towards Daisy. And the two women hug. Three hours later, Daisy is in the away section at Carrow Road, alongside Shabnan watching Watford win their big game with Norwich 3-1. As the final whistle draws near, Daisy smiles as Shabnan shouts the horn its home in her native tongue of Dari. Daisy has managed to connect with Shabnam despite the language barrier. At first, as they passed quickly and easily through one of the seven ancient turnstiles, Daisy managed to get Shabnam to understand that Watford would be the team in red and not yellow. After that, they shared the joy of Emmanuel Dennis's header and his somersault celebration in front of them and his Mailer Sars two goals in the second half. Shabnam is great, Daisy thinks. A real find. Lamper is there too. At first he tagged along out of suspicion. He couldn't shake off his feeling that a woman in a hijab was a threat to the safety of all in heaven and its way of life. But now he can see Shabnam joining in to support the Orns. Maybe he should look on today as a bit more education, he thinks to himself. In the past, when he used to see the world as us against them, a lot of the things he said and did weren't very nice and no one ever called him out on it. But things are different now. Hornet Heaven isn't tolerating hate speech and it's welcoming outsiders who are turning out to be alright after all. He can see how this is a better way of doing things. When Shabnam turns to him with a shout of joy at the final whistle, the former hooligan gives her a broken-toothed grin and a thumbs up. And he means it. After the game, Daisy takes Shabnam into the Troy Deeney atrium. She's feeling chuffed that two of her projects have gone well today, putting in the new turnstiles and welcoming a refugee. But there's still one more to go. She rounds up Bill Mainwood and Henry Grover. The last thing she's been working on with Roy from IT and Skilly Williams is now ready to be revealed. She takes Shabnan, Bill and Henry over to the new rows of shelving that Skilly has installed. The shelves are full of programs. Golly, Bill says, what are these doing here? I've never seen them before. They can't be Watford programs. Bill's wrong, but Daisy doesn't want to press the point. She goes over to the nearest shelf and grabs four copies of a programme. She hands one to Bill and one to Henry. Oh, Bill says. Watford women. I see. Goodness, yes. Splendid, Henry says. 
They are Watford programmes. Daisy watches Bill look along the shelves. There are more than 50 years of programmes from Watford women's games, stretching all the way back to 1970, and the ladies' team known as Willie Walker's Wonders. Bill says, This is super, but I feel terrible. I don't know why we haven't had these in Hornet Heaven before. Daisy doesn't want Bill to feel bad. She tells him that having women's football available in Hornet Heaven from now on just means there are more Watford games available to watch. Some people will probably complain. Men, probably, she privately guesses. But other people might enjoy going. It's no biggie, she says. People can just go if they want. Henry gazes at Daisy in admiration. Daisy, old thing, you're a wonder. And I don't mean a Willie Walker's wonder. You've already made a fabulously positive change to the way we do things in Hornet Heaven. It's amazing what a fresh pair of eyes can do. Daisy smiles at Henry and gives the third copy of the programme to Shabnam. Then she leads the four of them out of the atrium towards the new bank of ancient turnstiles. They are going to watch Watford women's most recent game, away to Blackburn Rovers ladies at the Sir Tom Finney Stadium in Bamber Bridge. As Daisy reaches the atrium doors, Henry catches her up. Daisy, he says discreetly, earlier I said something to you that I can now see was demeaning. I'm truly sorry. I hope that watching the women's football you've made available will help educate me about my prejudices and do the same for everyone in Hornet Heaven who's like me. Daisy thanks Henry. There's a phrase in her head. The more we learn, the closer we are. But it's not her style to say it. Instead, she takes his hand and says, Let's go and watch some football, babes. The End A Fresh Pair of Eyes was written and produced by Ollie Wicken. It was read by Colin Mace. For more information on the Hornet Heaven stories, please visit hornetheaven.com. Thank you for listening.